This is Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast, a podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're going down to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we'll be talking to Brian King, who's on staff at Cedar Ridge Christian Church. On staff with and uh, now call it's called Cedar Ridge Christian Church. Spent the, my high school years there uh, in the Tulsa area, and uh, the, our senior minister now he was my youth minister. And the church has just always been a church of just a loving church and a church that's had a heart for um, for other people and and for missions as well. And um, so I was just really blessed to be brought up by that church, and it's kind of my story and the church's story intertwined in that. And um, I came um, on staff in um, 2008. Uh, we had spent some time in Mexico um, on the mission field my wife and I had and um, came home and um, we uh, began to, to work with, with the home church, opening a new campus of the church. And I'm just really blessed to be a part of that. Um, uh, you know, probably about a year in um, and maybe even sooner, just we had some success um, in in uh, starting the new campus of the church, but just really begin to see that you know, there are lots of people out there that we weren't impacting lots of um, lost people or hurting people in our community. And so um, I, just in me, there was just a real desire to, to impact those people. I would see them at a convenience store, seeing them in the community. And, and, uh, and so just a real desire to do that. Um, at the same time, um, I think really by the sovereign hand of the Lord, um, our, our church really began asking questions about how can we how can we do a better job at reaching people locally and then also um, just asking about God's heart for the nations and so um, we began to um, our senior senior minister uh, Greg Pittman he began to lead us through um, one of the uh, the sermon series was uh, David Platt's book Radical um, mm-hmm. and uh, if you've been around that book, you know that, uh, man, he just talks a lot about God's heart for the nations and God's heart for the hurting. And, um, it just began to stir up a lot of things in our hearts as a, as a church and as a leadership. And so, um, we, uh, we ended up as a result of that sermon series and some other things, we ended up in, uh, visiting some of our workers, um, in, um, North Africa, uh, a couple that had grown or one of the guys had grown up at the, at, at our church and we were sitting around and um, in a living room and uh, they said, Hey, here, we want to show you how we're going to be doing church together. Mm-hmm. And we sat down to a discovery Bible study in their living room. And we all kind of looked at each other. Those who are with, with us uh, from Tulsa, we kind of looked at each other and we're like, why are we not doing this at home? And we, after that, we got, they, they said, Hey, you need to get, you need to start listening to a podcast called movements.net. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was kind of our, you know, how we ended up in this world. And when we get hearing these stories of, uh, uh, you know, how God was moving all over the world, but specifically the stories that caught me were the stories uh, from Jeff Sundell in North Carolina, in Booger Holler, North Carolina. And uh, the, the community that we were a part of was, um, it sounded very similar, um, people hurting and people in poverty and just people that weren't going to show up at our our doorstep of our church and that weren't showing up. And so um, we began down that road and, uh, and then 
um, the Lord's just kind of been writing the script, the script since then. Okay. So you had to go all the way to North Africa. <laughs> yeah. Just to get back to the simple but powerful things. That's right. Wow. That's right. And, um, well, what, what happened next? What was the next stage in your journey? Yeah. So, I mean, kind of through that, uh, really, I, I feel like that book and that sermon series as we went through that was a pivotal point for us. And one of the things that we talked about through that series was just the, the unreached peoples of the world and the red dots all over the map. And, um, so that was the reason we made the trip because the, this couple, they were working among, among an unreached people group in North Africa. And so we just began to look, we had a, we have a, a committee, a, a mission team called global outreach team that has, has uh, for years been tasked with overseeing mission monies and seeing that they go to the, the appropriate places. And we began asking the question, I, I, I've been privileged to serve as part of that team along with some lay leaders and some elders and another staff person. And we've just been to ask the question, what is mission? Hmm. And are we putting monies and then are we doing the thing that got the things that God wants us to do in the appropriate ways? And one of the things we just began to look at, we said, you know, we, we, um, we see from the history of our church, our church had mobilized some people to the nations even, um, and to other places on the globe. And then from the word that God really wants to mobilize more people from our church to the nations. And so we began to work very diligently over, over, over a period of months and um, a couple of years to just work towards a plan to, to um, how, how could our whole church be involved in this task? And so a good brother here in Tulsa uh, with pioneers um, began just helping us and coaching us. And, and uh, so we began working towards that. But then one of the things that happened was, um, well, back up just a little bit. We, 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 we came together as a, as a mission group and then with our elders and our staff. And we just began to say, we need to put a kind of a, a, a flag in the ground and we need to say, um, we need to be moving towards something. Mm-hmm. And we began to sense that God really wanted us to, to lay down a number and say, what's the number we're moving towards? And so um, we wanted, to, we wanted uh, to do something that only God can do. Uh, and, and put our hand to the plow, only something that God could do. And we really felt like God was telling us to, to mobilize over the next 10 years, that would have been two years ago, um, 50 workers uh, to South Asia. And um, so, and then also associated with that to reach 1,000 new disciples in our community. Okay. And so these were kind of conceptual ideas that we had. And one of the things that we talked about was at that time, we said, wouldn't it be great if the way we made disciples in Tulsa mm-hmm. would be the way that we make disciples in South Asia and that mm-hmm. our church could be a training ground to making disciples on the other side of the world and our community could be that as well. And so then came along, um, we reached out to some brother, other brothers specifically on making uh, disciples here locally and uh, we, uh, we reached out and uh, met Troy Cooper. Okay. And, uh, and so he, uh, he came uh, uh, fall 2015 along with Dave Miller from Oklahoma City and Clint Harrell from North Carolina. And they did their, their first touch of training with us. And, and so uh, we've had other rounds. We had other rounds of training, a second touch and a third touch. And, um, 
And so what happened from that is that we had these people that were um, waiting. I mean, I, I'm one of them. They were waiting in, a, in the pew. They were called to, the, to this work to go. Mm. We're all called to that. But really some people, they've just been hungry to go do this uh, in the community. And uh, we saw these people spike up, you know, these evangelistic types, or some people might call them apostolic types, um, just to go do the work. And uh, they're kind of restless sitting in the, the church. The train, well, first of all, a vision for the 50 workers and to reach was it a thousand people right. in your community? So visions out there, and then what the training helped surface the people who were ready to go and, and give that a go. That's right. That's right. And I mean, to be quite honest, we were probably um, um, we were surprised uh, at the at some of the response. I mean, there's some response that people go through the training and they're like, "There's no way I can do this, and I'm not mm. going to do this." Mm. But there's some other people; they've just been waiting to do it, and so that's what we saw. We saw people spike up. And, so you uh, didn't have them picked as evangelist, pioneer, disciple maker types until until the training. That's right. And you that's saw right. how they responded. It unlocked something in them. That's right. In fact, I had people pegged because at that time I was serving as a campus pastor and I had people pegged that I thought would go do this. And um, they weren't the, they didn't, they didn't spike up the same way some of these other yeah. people did. So. Can you think of a, a, a story or an example of someone who really stepped up as a result of the training and yeah. what happened for them? Yeah. Uh, well, um, one family, they've been the family who've, who they, they bought in early and they're still bought in. And, um, but, uh, a couple by the name of John and Liz and, uh, man, they just, um, he's more of a, he's more pastoral. She's more apostolic, more evangelistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, just faithfully have shared the gospel with, um, in, you know, going out into the harvest and teams, they, they have done that and they do that faithfully, but they also, um, probably more importantly, they have shared among their oikos. And so they've seen, um, some, um, they've seen, uh, they've seen about 15 people together that they have ministered to, that they've led to the Lord, that they've baptized over the last uh, couple of years. And in fact, just this past weekend, um, they were able to leave a, lead a family member to the Lord, baptize her and start doing church with her. Um, and so just, just real faithfulness there. And just to mm-hmm. see that they were just waiting and they, and they were a couple that came along. They, they come through the front doors of the church. They hadn't been involved in church and they say, we are so glad that we came along when no place left came, came along. And so, yeah. Okay. Well, what you began the training and, and, and did the three touches of training. Right. So I guess by the end of that, you've not only got the skills, but you've got people in the life of the church who can run the training. That's right. Yeah. And so by the third touch, we, uh, we had, uh, in fact, our second touch, our, our first touch was rather small. I say rather small is about 30 people. And then our second touch, we just, we just put a lot of resources and trying to get people there. And we had about 200 people from our church, which at the time we were a church of about 800. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, uh, and then we had about 50 people from the Tulsa, the city around, around other churches that came. And then the third touch we actually had five different um, trainings across the city and the majority of those were run by local folks doing that training. And so 
uh, raising their competencies. And then we've also had the privilege of sending them other places across the United States to help train with other no place left teams. And then here in the, in the, in the region as well of mm-hmm. engaging other churches and ministries and, and training them as well. And so the thinking of Troy and the outside team was, well, rather than have one big event, we'll actually have five training events in the same city on the same weekend so we can equip five training teams for different churches in Tulsa. That's right. And then now, now you're saying, well, not only have we got a training team for our church, but they and others from Tulsa are training around the city, around the region, and in other parts of the U.S., that's right. Yep. Well, that's probably why Troy Cooper spends most of his time now just at the beach. That's right. Yeah, he just hangs out at the beach there. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that and he needs to recuperate from the eight kids. So. And what's, what's been the impact in the life of your church of this happening? Yeah, so you see the apostolic folks, the evangelistic types pop up. And so one of the things that we've done with them is that we, we form them into teams. And so we're gathering because they'll just run and they'll burn out. Right. So we want to put them around, um, gather them around the, the three thirds, have them do church together. So they're meeting together on a regular basis. And so we have um, two to three, we have three of these teams that are gathered together out of the local church. Um, but then we are, we're, we're just trying to push some of these tools to the rest of the church. And so majority of our people, they have seen, three circles. Many of them have been trained to do three circles. Um, we have, we're regularly praying for our oikoses in our services. And so, um, one of the things that we're seeing, we're just seeing, I mean, I'm meeting people all the time, uh, through, through our church that in hearing stories of them sharing, uh, three circles, or they'll say things like this. I was in line at the store and I thought Mm -hmm. I could share three Mm -hmm. circles. And to me, we could say, oh, that's a failure. No, that's a win because we've changed, we're changing yeah. um, the way people are thinking. And so, yeah. Um, and so they're, they're, some of your uh, just ordinary folk, they're, sh- they're sharing with friends and family or neighbors or, or even looking to share with someone. Uh, that's right. The line. And would they know what to do next in terms of discipleship if someone came to the Lord? Um, some of them would, and some of them would not, you know, yeah. um, so, and we're trying not to make that, a a incredibly, um, either or type thing. Mm-hmm. So we want to, cause we realize that we've had people that have, you know, been sitting in the pews for decades mm-hmm. and what they know is discipleship is, you know, coming and hearing someone else talk and sitting next to them, encouraging them. And so, um, but we do want to offer the opportunity and we continually are offering the opportunity mm-hmm. And then as well through training that we are, we're, we're still offering regular trainings within the church. Mm-hmm. And so, and we're probably putting a way heavier emphasis these days on um, what to do next rather than probably in the beginning, we were putting a lot of emphasis upon the going and mm-hmm. knocking. And so really saying, and uh, you know, what is the takeaway from this training? It's, are there two or three people that you could go and you could do, this three thirds, um, uh, with, and so just trying to encourage people to take that. So, but it's a, it's a, it's a journey for people. So I know last night I was visiting with a lady and, 
um, who's a part of, uh, we, we do, we have a group at our house and they meet and we do church together. Um, sm- a traditional small group that we're just doing, um, three thirds together. And so she, we were practicing three circles together and, um, she says, okay, what if he says this? And what if they say this? And then I said, well, you can offer to do, to, 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 to meet together and to study the Bible together. And she's like, oh yeah, I can. And so just some of those baby steps with, with some people. That's right. So you sort of got a, you're letting people, uh, you're not imposing this. Um, and people are coming on at different speeds and you've got a mixed economy as a church. So you've got three teams that we're doing church together in a simple three thirds pattern and we're out in the harvest and we're training. And then you've got others that are saying, well, look, you know, I, I could share the gospel now. Uh, or right. I'm praying for five people every day. Um, and so in terms of the change, it's, it's making sure you've got room for those that are ready to run ahead and you're also allowing, allowing others just to come on at their own pace. That's exactly right. And so, you know, a couple other things that we're doing is we're, we are, um, we have a lady who's going through and she's looking through when we have harvest teams go out and they are, um, uh, you know, they're collecting prayer requests and they're trying to record those. And we're trying to make a point, write down that prayer need, pray for them, but then write down that prayer need. Uh, we're also recording follow-up information on that, but we have someone who'll go in and she's, she's, you know, looking through that list and she's saying, hey, I can pass this on to other people in the church. So she's sending that to we have a prayer list that goes out mm-hmm. to the whole church. And she'll send out those requests. So they may not know who this person is, but people can, can pray for them. Or maybe in a Sunday school class or another small group, they can get in, engaged in that way. And so, again, just a simple way that someone can exercise their gifts. And the funny thing is that this, this lady, uh, one of our harvest times is on Sunday afternoon when we go out and uh, – She's not been super enthusiastic about going out into the harvest. She has gone, but mm. this Sunday, this Sunday she went out. And so, you know, just letting the Lord just kind of open her heart little by little, but she's a faithful prayer and, and organizer of the information. Can you think of, um, you know, a story that would give us some sense of the impact in the community amongst people that were far from God? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's, there's, uh, there, there's some different stories. One of them, um, would be a, a young couple who, um, uh, we met this summer. I, I didn't meet them, but our senior pastor, and that's one of the things too, our senior pastor has been out in the harvest mm. he's been out in the har- regularly and he talks about it from the pulpit. And, um, and so, but we're, we're out in a, a apartment complex in the middle of Tulsa, lots of, uh, ethne in this, this apartment complex, but he meets, a him and actually his daughter and then um uh another gentleman from our church who just been a faithful laborer um they meet this couple and um they offer to pray for them they pray for them actually uh, they invited them into the house and they prayed for them i don't remember the prayer need but they simply offered to come back and share a story from the bible that's all they did Mm. no, no three circles Mm-hmm. No, um, no, any, nothing else. They just offered to come back. So they went back and they shared, um, the story of the sinful woman and they shared the three circles and, um, they just kept going back every time. And so by the end of the summer, they made a decision to follow Jesus. 
they were baptized. In fact, he baptized, he, he was baptized by, by uh, Steve, one of our guys, and then Daniel baptized Laura. And so they've been learning um, how to follow Jesus, meeting, being met with every week in their house, um, doing church together. And then the cool thing is there, they now are going into the harvest. And so just the last couple of weeks, Daniel and Laura are both individually with, with other people. They're discipling other people, doing church with them. And so it's just really cool. Another story would be a, a guy by the name of Tony. And he's a guy that we met him and his wife um, about a year and a half ago. Um, and this is, it may be, we may, you know, we met them right before, right during our first training. Um, the first time Troy came and we, all we knew at that point was just to pray for him and, and his wife. So we began to pray for his wife. We got trained and, uh, and then we, we kept going back. We probably went back about 10 times and we ended up sharing, um, three circles with them. And so that night we shared three circles with him. He, uh, he said, yeah, I want to follow. Well, he had been in jail. He had been on drugs. He had all these, uh, he, his wife had kicked him out of the house mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just at the end of himself, ended up in rehab. And, um, and then a few months later, after he got a rehab, they wanted us to come to the house. So we came to the house and began to do uh, discipleship church in their house. Um, he was baptized a few months later. And then again, the process repeated. So putting their lives, putting their lives back together, um, watching the Lord work in their lives. And then in fact, watching him uh, this last year, I think maybe he led to the Lord about three, three different people baptized them. And so pretty, pretty cool stuff. Taking somebody from, from, you know, in brokenness and the Lord just raising them up to, to, to pass it on to other people. Yeah. Lots and of you're fun. just passing on the simple training that Troy and the team first did with you. That's right. Um, the, the basics of how to share the gospel, how to find a God prepared person, uh, how to lead someone to Christ and then follow up with discipleship by reading the Bible. That's right. Yeah. We're using a just simple, simple prayer uh, question. And then um, these days we're sharing the gospel very, very soon Mm. um, and kind of judging how, where they are and, but we're, we're offering to come back if they have some interest and so, and then once they're believing, we're training them and in the 411, we're training them in identity and then quickly moving into the commands of Christ with them. And typically it sounded like some of these new believers are becoming part of church starts in the community. Um, typically, is that the way they go or are some people uh, attending Cedar Ridge at the, you know, the, the, uh, right. At the yeah, yeah. normal service. <laughs> right. Yeah. In fact, the, the, the two examples I gave, they actually um, have, uh, they attend on a regular basis um, mm-hmm. at the service with Cedar Ridge. The, we never invited them though. They yeah. just kind of shown up. And so um, we're not, we're not, you know, we're not inviting, nor are we prohibiting that. We're just, yeah. Uh, we're, we're just kind of letting them do what they want to do. And what we're finding is that for some of those people, we have some people that are being, they're having church in their house mm. and they're not showing up. Um, yeah. And so, but for some people, I don't know if it's something cultural, it's awakening in them that they feel like they need to come and that's mm. fine. So yeah. this one couple that I mentioned um, from the summer, they have been attending. And the cool thing that um, has happened with them because they've attended, they've heard about our South Asia vision Mm-hmm. And so 
it's, they begin to say, maybe, maybe that's for us, you know? And mm-hmm. so that was kind of a thing that we talked about at the very beginning is wouldn't it be cool if God took lost people, right? Raised them up. And then he sent them to the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you said the role of your senior pastor has been important. So he's leading by example. He's out in the harvest, even with his, his daughter. Um, what, what else has been helpful that, that in terms of his support of this whole focus? Yeah, I mean, I think um, just kind of going back to the Radical series, right, he, was, he just has a conviction that we should be committed to things that matter to God. And so, um, so that, just, that just goes a long ways. And so um, he's bought in, our elders are bought in, our staff is bought in on this vision of moving forward that we want to be, a, this is what we want to be about. And so, um, but so he talks about it, but then he also does it. And so um, to me, that's, that's, that's super important. Um, so um, just support. So, uh, so very supportive of those who are laboring as well. I mean, yesterday we had a training and so I know Greg is super busy, but so we had a training after, after church and he makes a point to come in and just to, show his support. He didn't stay the whole time, but just to mm. let people know that he's excited that they're there. Yeah. So yeah, that, that means a lot. Yeah. Mm. Now have, is it right? You, the church has set up a residency program. That's exactly uh, tell, right. us, tell us, so this is towards your goal of, of sending out uh, 50 people to the ends of the earth, many of them to right. yeah. South Asia. So what, what's that look like? Yeah. Well, we started off, uh, I referenced a plan that we were just kind of rolling with of, and really kind of pulling resources together from different things that we knew about from the mission world and, um, you know, from sending agencies to organizations that prepare workers. And we had in our mind, we were going to take people that popped up mm-hmm. out of our local strategy. We were going to take them and farm them out and let somebody else raise them up. And so we had in mind a couple of different organizations that would do that. We'd send them away like to another yeah. city. Yeah. And, and so, um, we, uh, we just, Troy again, you know, CAC spent time with us. He learned about this vision. And so, um, we, he's like, you know, this is coming out of South Asia, like this strategy uh, is coming out of the Bible, but we're learning yeah. this from brothers and sisters in South Asia. Yeah. And so I'm like, I know that. And so, um, we ended up on the phone with, uh, some brothers in South Asia and just began to talk us through like, what are you trying to do? So we talked about that way, the way we want to make disciples in Tulsa is the way we want to do it over there. And they're like, well, yeah, this is it. And so really going back to that strategy that we were moving towards. um, And so four field strategy of moving towards that and not only here locally, but, but across the the, the sea as well. And so really um, at that time, you know, they're just like, you guys are the best you're the best people to train your people to do this. And of course we're like, no, we're not. Yeah. We don't know what to do. Yeah. yeah. We're we're just figuring this out as we go along. And so at that time we had one young lady who the Lord had told her when she was 12, that she was to be a missionary. And we had gone to her and we said, Hey, this is what the Lord has been stirring in in our lives and in in the life of the church before we announced it to the church. Uh, Would you be interested and she said, yeah, I would, I would definitely be interested in going to South Asia. And so, so we had this one and, um, just with Troy and Justin White out at uh, Southeastern seminary, just began to put together a, uh, 
what would a residency look like? And so basically we're doing the same things that we're doing in the harvest. So we're doing these residents, they're doing church together, they're practicing church together, and then they're, they're, they're committing themselves to go into the harvest, share the gospel, start churches, start groups, train other Christians to go do the same thing. And so, um, yeah, but we didn't know, we didn't know it could be that simple. It's not, it's not easy, Mm. right? But it's simple. And so we went from one, this is uh, uh, a year and a half ago. We went from one young lady who was going to had her minds on her mindset on South Asia to, we ended up with about 13 starting out first the residency launched last, last August, about half of those said, Hey, we are headed to South Asia. The rest said, Hey, we want to, we want to be a part of a group that's serious about making disciples and starting churches here in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And so, so today still about that same ratio. We, we have two families next fall who will be moving to South Asia. Again, this young lady and um, her boyfriend, they're a little further along the lines, but they're in the pipeline and but they're all laboring here locally and they're all part of the church as well. So, so you, it's just been you, you already have some idea of their uh, um, readiness, their ability, their character yeah. before they, they go overseas. Yeah, it's incredible. So, and you know, we're, we have, a, this is the other thing too. The Lord just really provided that I, you know, I'm here. I am. I'm kind of the, the, uh, I don't know the go between here, right? Between uh, South Asia and Troy working with us and, and Troy saying, Hey, start a residency. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think I have the margin for that. Mm. And the Lord, um, I, I was making the sell, you know, just saying, Hey, I think we need to think about this to our leadership. And one of the guys is like, yeah, we need to do it. And my wife and I, we want to lead it. So this is a guy, him and his wife are, you know, they have regular jobs and they stepped up and they've been leading that. And so it's just, it's just been really incredible to, to see them and, do that. And so um, they're doing this as volunteers. Yeah, they are. And the people in the residency, are they also volunteers or yeah. So they are. So they will be committing, I guess they're doing it in, in addition to their full-time study or, or jobs. That's right. Yeah. Well, there's one guy who's a student. The, mm-hmm. the rest of the folks are working full time, have families. Mm. And so, and then they're putting in a minimum of seven hours a week. They meet together uh, as church and then, you know, they're, they're laboring faithfully every week. And so um, for some of them, they're putting in more time than that. And yeah. so. But this, you have a minimum of a, which is, yeah. you know, seven hours is the commitment of a, a any committed volunteer to say, well, I'll, I'll give, because that includes them meeting as church, them being in the harvest. I'd imagine too, some of their time is either being trained or training others. That's right. Yeah. So they've gone, actually gone and trained other churches. They're attempting to duplicate the process that we have received with other churches as well. And they've done that as a team. So this is a zero-dollar church planting school. That's right. It hasn't cost us anything. The only thing it's cost us, we have chosen to, you know, at times to buy mills or to provide mm-hmm. child care for certain yeah. events. That's the only thing it's cost us or cost mm-hmm. us. It's it's incredible. Yeah. And now you have people in the pipeline. That's right. Who are going to South Asia, and I would imagine because they're coming from a church that's been a part of their call 
has seen them in ministry, you know, the church is going to want to support people like that. That's right. And we're, they're just, they're just starting to amp that up. Um, these two mm-hmm. families and it's, it's pretty incredible. It's, it's, uh, it's funny that you asked that question because one of the guys grabbed me yesterday and he said, I need to tell you something. We're, we're, we're going through a stewardship campaign right now. And so just talking about the importance of giving. And uh, he just said that one of the, one of the families in the church came to him and said, the Lord told us to give you this gift. And it was a substantial gift. And so just to see the, 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 the church respond and, and then even we're working on plans to involve the rest of the church, um, some of the rest of the church, in caring for them yes. as they go overseas. And hopefully we can continue to move that forward so while they're lab- in the future, while we have people laboring here, that they can care for them you know, while, they're, while they're here laboring and just to mm-hmm. shepherd folks who are laboring at this capacity. So the whole church, in a sense, has a way of, being a missionary church in its own community and uh, to be raising up and releasing people, I guess, uh, focus South Asia. Some may end up in other places, but that's your... And it also gives you the... I'm just catching up to what's going on here. It gives you the chance then when your people visit the field is they already know, well... I know how if I have a local with me, I can share my story. I can share the gospel. I, right. I can I can not just sort of sit around and I'm a tourist here for the full missionary, but That's I can exactly. help. And then there'll be locals who could continue the work that had been started during that trip. That's right. And that's the, that's the vision. And I'm, I'm mm. super excited about that mm. um, as we move forward. And this summer we had the opportunity to, to kind of see a glimpse of that. We have, again, one of our guys who's preparing to go overseas. Um, he led a, a group of, of youth sponsors and students, about 15 in total, and they actually went to South Asia. And they, they were trained ahead of time. They'd been practicing at some level mm-hmm. ahead of time. And they went over. They'd been, they're working with other brothers and sisters over there who've been preparing and targeting fields. Mm-hmm. And they went in. And they engaged fields and they, they offered prayer. They shared the gospel and they saw, I think the number was 300 some uh, professions of faith, um, some 30 plus churches groups started and they left it in the hands yes. of those local leaders. And so these were students and youth coaches. And so we're, we're uh, again, it was an incredible time for them, but, the connection wasn't quite there. When we get people over there, our people, it's, I mean, it's just going to be like steroids, you know, to, to, uh, man, we were there with such and such. And so, yeah. There'll be 16 year olds who go over on those trips. Their lives will be changed. And a few years later, they'll, they'll be in South Asia themselves. That's right. That's the hope and the prayer. You will have seen their development from teenage years into uh, mobilization in South Asia. Last night uh, in our, our house, we're, uh, we meet with this group doing church together. And uh, there's a six-year-old. We're practicing three circles. Mm. And the six-year-old gets up in front of all of the, the families and he does three circles. Wow. And, uh, you know, that's been the thing for us, I think. We, you know, there's stories in the harvest of God doing great things. Um, and we are, we are motivated by that. That's you know, that there are, there are clients, as some have said, right. 
but to see the change in families and people to, yeah. to, to, to that, you know, I, I think they had meaning, but uh, to see a, a six-year-old and a family say, man, look, we can be on mission with Jesus and make a real difference. And then to see what he might do through that is, is incredible. Well, if you've enjoyed this episode, why don't you get on social media and spread the word about how local churches can be fueling movements that go to the ends of the earth. I'm Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast.